Welcome to The Deeper Dive. I'm your host, Pastor Rob Brendel from Denver United Church, joined by my esteemed, dignified, and yes, venerated co-host, Pastor George Towers. Venerated. We learned last week that that is not a cuss word, or at least I did. No, Most we, of y'all, the listeners of this podcast are much smarter than, than I. We so they, hereby <laughs> venerate you, George. <laughs> uh, thank y'all for joining us, and um, the whole point of this podcast is to take the sermon, the message that... Uh, that we went through as a church on the weekend and just go deeper into those ideas. So if you've missed any part of the current series that we're in, we're in a series that's called Strangeland and just uh, completed week two of that. If you've missed that or haven't been able to, to listen to it yet, man, I really would encourage you to go back um, and watch the message, listen to it um, and, and catch up. But I really feel like what we talked about, what you talked about, Rob, this this past Sunday was um, such an important theme, an idea, um, I, re- I really think for anyone who's a follower of Jesus, um, it was so critical. And, and for those of you that might have missed it, I'm going to do my best here to, to re-preach sort of your message in 30 seconds. Is that like, is that okay? Go. All right, yeah. So so we're looking at um, sort of the, the, the originators of the faith in the Old Testament, Abraham, uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And this past week, we, we looked and zoomed in on um, the character of Isaac, and how he was called just like his father to leave where he was comfortable with, um, to, to live as a foreigner in a strange land, and, and he, he was going out and digging all these wells, right, and, get, and getting really successful. Um, I guess, you know, especially in that day, to have water, right, is a, is a really, really critical idea, and, he, and he, he's, he's a successful well digger, and he is, uh, his wealth is growing, but these people in the, in, in the town and the cities that, he in, that he's in is, are jealous of him and are filling in his wells. So he keeps digging new ones, and they keep filling them in, and he digs new ones, and they fill them in. And you talked about this tension between being successful and blessed as we follow God, but also encountering persecution um, and, and people sort of seemingly stopping up um, the thing that you just gained. And maybe not necessarily even people stopping it up, but sometimes life and circumstances just dump dirt into the well that you digged, uh, that you dug, and, and the success that you were experiencing sort of just seems to go away. And you talked a lot about the tension between those two ideas. Um, does, is that sort of... Yeah, so Christian living is, uh, is conceived either as hardship or as blessing. Yeah. And it seems like one of those major themes, sub-narratives that runs throughout Scripture is that Christian living is both. Hardship and blessing. That there's room for both of those things. Absolutely, and that um, both are, are promised. Not only are, is each one possible, but I think Scripture's counsel is to expect each. Yeah, and I, I understand I'm, I'm probably biased in this type of a, a conversation <laughs> or message. Like I lo- Anything that's like, it's not either or, it's both, is sort of my jam. Um, but, but especially this one. And as I was just you know driving... Um, after the service going home, I was just thinking about how important that is, I think, for, for anyone who's a follower of Jesus, because so often, I think, like you said, we snap to either the hardship camp of Christianity or the, the prosperity, blessing, everything's going to work out for me um, corner of Christianity. And I, I don't know, I've just, being the young adult pastor, I've talked to so many people in their 20s and their 30s that they walked away from God and from church and for Christianity because really they were giving a, given a version that only made room for the good things to happen in their right. lives. Right, and it's not wrong. It just over time proves to be 
inadequate. Exactly. Exactly. So much of the church hurt, um, the, the throwing out of the baby with, with the religious bathwater that we in this work come across is a function of discovering too late that human reason wants big ideas to snap to this grid or that. And faith very often asks us to hold them in tension. And the Bible tells us we walk by faith, not by sight. But mm. I think the trick is we want to walk by sight. We want to have a little faith as a means to an end, but we want the reward of faith to be sight. <laughs> Where in Scripture, <laughs> right. the reward of faith is you get to ask, you get asked to have more, more and bigger faith. faith. Man. And I think we were talking about this before we pushed record. And it is just sort of a weird image. As I, if I were to summarize sort of the, um, the big idea behind the message this week, I, I thought of that, like, I'm talking old school Batman. Like, I, the Batman I remember watching at my grandparents' house when I was, like, eight years old. Like, the pow! You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the slam-o, whatever, like, the sound effects were. But, like, the, I, the image I had was Batman was, like, on that, like, motorcycle-type thing. And then Robin was in that, what's that thing called? A sidecar? Is it called a sidecar? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. And you, you were like, what the heck does that have to do with... Anything I'm I still trying about. to find the connection, but I'm, I'm looking gonna, forward to saying, see, aha. I'm about to give it to you right now. Bring it. Like, it's sort of like following Jesus. We, we have, we're, we're, we're on the motorcycle. We have the expectation of good and for blessing. And I think that that's so much of what we should expect. right? Jesus said, like, if you've given up these things to follow me, you'll be rewarded in this life. Like brothers and sisters and all these, like, all these other things. that. So we should expect blessing. We should expect to like accelerate I mean, excel in this life. I really believe that's part of it. But while we're on that motorcycle, we have a sidecar, like that there's room in our faith for hardship and things to not go well and not to work out. Like there's a space for that. The same way Batman had a spot for Robin to sit. We as Jesus followers have a spot for hardship and for, is that you, do you see it? There's room for in life with God for a parallel faith narrative. Right to um to ride alongside yep and good righteous living can and and ultimately over time will um encounter both yeah and that's what was so i mean so many times i think we're we're we're, maybe either we're taught or we feel that when someone dumps dirt into our wells that we're like doing it wrong um or that we don't have enough faith and I right. think what you pointed out was just that that, that back and forth, the, the sine wave of the walk is right. you're going to have really great times and you're going to have times where just stuff happens and that there should be a space for that um, in the car. There should be room in our faith to experience those things. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. Man. Because I have overcome the world. Yeah. You haven't overcome the world yet. <laughs> right. But I, I have overcome the world. You're still living in a world in which um, getting overcome is possible. Yep. But take heart because I've overcome the world. And then Jesus um, in joining us to relationship makes it all make sense. And he says, therefore, I go and make disciples of all nations and I will be with you always. I've mm. overcome the world and I will be with you. 
So walking through this life with him, the overcomer, that is the promise that is true and sure. George, at the end of this message, during the second service, a light bulb came on. Has this ever happened to you that while you're preaching, you see something new in the text? And sort of where you're reminded, like, I'm really, I might be talking, but I'm not the one speaking I'm right now. I'm not the messenger. Like, I am just, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm the mouthpiece, I'm the lips of the messenger. Those are the best parts. <laughs> I'm his vocal cords. Right, right. right? So um, that happened, and then you have to make a split-second decision, and any of you who teaches, you understand how this works. Do you go, do you follow the rabbit trail, not having the time to in, anticipate exactly <laughs> where it's going to come out, right. or do you listen to your better judgment and stick to your notes? And on Sunday during the second service, this hit me in the middle of the message. In Genesis chapter 26, the passage we were looking at, toward the end, it says in verse 24, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, I, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you. I will multiply you. Your folks will become a great nation. I will do all this. Hmm. The kingdom is coming. It isn't yet here. It's coming, and it, it will be in full, Yeah. right? Present and future. But he, he uses the present tense for one of those promises and the future for all the others. He says, wow. I will do this. I will do that. I will do the other. Implicit to that, some of it I will do in your lifetime. Some of it after you pass. Some of it I will do now in this age. Other, in the age to come, when I make all <laughs> things new and restore yeah, yeah, yeah. my good creation. But this is currently, presently, ongoingly true. I am, am. with you. Wow. Yeah. I'm, so... Yeah, always go with that. Like, if it comes down to saying what you feel the Holy Spirit saying or sticking to your notes, like, just always say that. Because that, I think that's the crux of it. Like, there's so much he will do. And, but the promise is that he's, that he's here, that, that he's with you, like, in this, whatever this is. Um, and I think we talked about that as a, I think, as we as we kind of digest the importance, I think, of this particular message as a foundational one for our faith, I think that seeing the primary framework of, of following Jesus maybe being that God is with you, like that being the, the present promise that I am with you is so, because I think for, for a lot of us, the framework that we that we might have is that God will be with me or we look ahead to what we, ex to all the I wills. He'll show up and save the day. Right, the God that kind of visits from time to time and makes things better is the framework that, man, I fall into. I want to have that. Like if, if I'm in pain or have a lack or need something, I, I project God into the future and say, well, someday or some hour, like he'll show up and right. he will do these things instead of I am. I with am you. here and with you. And here's, here's the upshot to that perhaps. Um, if we make that our primary rubric for understanding and experiencing God, we have to ask the question logically, what about when he doesn't or when he <laughs> hasn't yet? For every time God shows up, quote unquote, there, you could tell nine stories of, of his not. So does he love these people more than those people? I think it's not that that's not a true function of God, but maybe that it's not primary. Right. We want God showing up to fix our problem or um, relieve our circumstance or, um, or, or meet our need to be his primary role, where primarily his interaction with us, I think the scripture teaches here and elsewhere, is that I am with you. 
always, to the very end of the age, Jesus said. From now till then, I'm not going to be here for a while, but then like Captain Marvel, take off and set things right in the Andromeda galaxy and come <laughs> back if you really need me. I am with you ongoingly. And that a secondary function of God is I will come in a manifest way at times and begin what I will complete at the end of the age and set things to rights. But whether they get set to rights now or later in my life, or when Jesus restores all things, that promise is coming. That will happen. But he is ongoingly, primarily revealing himself as with me now. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a moment where you um, just really, because this sounds like really theological, heady, like type of things we're discussing, except that this, like what we're talking about really affects real people. Um, like w- the hope that, you know, that the, the idea that God will make everything right, it works until, you know, you, you prayed for your mom to, to be healed from cancer and she passes and, or, or you thought that that marriage was going to, you prayed and, and, and believed that they could be reconciled, but it, it wasn't. And you got the divorce. Like, yes, yeah, so you only have a few options as to where to land your mind. One is, well, that promise that I was told was true, that if I have faith, this would happen. It didn't happen. Therefore, I must not have enough faith. I didn't do it right. No one says that. We put religious language around it. We dress it up. But it, you could dress up the pig. It's still a pig, right? <laughs> we dress up this false thinking and we tell ourselves that it's something super spiritual. But at the end of the day, what we're saying is you didn't do religion right. That's one landing spot. Yeah. You didn't do religion right. Or the other landing spot is, well, God can come, but he didn't come through. Therefore, I must not be worthy it's... or he's too busy right. <laughs> or something about his nature or character that's fundamentally off. Those are the two options we leave ourselves if that's the primary stream of God's interaction with us. Right. And that's why I think, and again, that word is important, the primary. If this is the primary way that we see God, then it's going to be really problematic. If it hasn't already been like that for you, I'm sure it has been for someone you know, or it will be at some point in your life to where the, the very framework that we think is going to help us um, ends up causing just as m- much more, like as many more problems, right? Like like a framework of, oh, God will come and, and fix these things. We, we think that's a solution, um, but oftentimes it creates even more problems um, because, yeah, you end up asking the question, well, what about when he didn't? Um, instead of flipping it in my primary lens is whether uh, I'm blessed or someone is throwing dirt in my wells, God is present in this moment, in this season, in this struggle, in this blessing, where, whatever, regardless, God is present. And so the crux of the, of the matter then, the crux of Christian living comes down to what does it mean for God to be with us? What's the value in that? Like you could tell Isaac's story from two very different and, and I think contrasting perspectives. Either a guy who everything he touches turns to gold, he inherited wealth and he got a double portion of his father's Midas touch. So he plants crops and they boom and, yeah. he, and he gets wealthy and he gets more of everything. Or you could tell Isaac's story from the point of view of a guy that spends his whole life digging wells. Man. He digs a well and then people come and they get mad, they get jealous, they don't like can be in there because he's a foreigner, they're racist, whatever, and they stop up his wells. And so he's like, okay, fine. He moves on, digs another well, well I just want to stop up those I want to stop too. you there, too. Like, I mean, even when we read these texts, like the text that you read and that you're describing right now is just like a few verses where he goes somewhere and digs a well and then it doesn't work. So he goes, like, 
there's no caterpillar equipment here. Like right. they're not, they're not. Yeah, it's they, not like, like a year endeavor. Like he walks way over there somewhere else and digs. Like it takes a long time. Like those sh- that those that short paragraph sums up probably years of his life. So this work. can be a story <laughs> of of the Midas touch, or this can be a story of Struggle. meaningless and futility. Yeah, meaninglessness and futility. So which story carries the day has to do with what it means for God to be with us. How much of a win is that? Abraham knew it. Isaac knew it. Jacob, we'll see, and Joseph after him knew it. But they interacted with God in a formative way at the headwaters where we interact both less and more. Hmm. We don't have God come to us in a dream, show us a stairway connecting heaven and earth, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit living in their hearts. Hmm. And so it's a, it's a greater but subtler experience of withness. And so what's the advantage of God with us? Well, a cynic could say, well, great, super. God says, hey, I'm not going to promise to make your problems go away. In fact, you're going to have a lot of them and they're going to be sucky, but don't worry, I'm with you in them. Well, awesome. I mean, you being with me while I'm sucking is maybe marginally less bad than my merely sucking alone, but still, like how, how helpful is that? How helpful is it to the, the 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 paradigm that God is with us? Is that what you're? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what what is the what is the practical? Let's dive just a little deeper. Mm-hmm. What is the practical upshot of that? Uh, I mean, I think the way I see it is, I, I believe that God is um, is wanting and desiring to be involved in my life and to um, not just be p- present in a passive sense. Uh, but in an active sense, like he's actively present in my life. And I think sometimes what I fall into with that thinking is that, well, if God's going to be presently active in my life, that he's going to change all of my external situations. Like that's what it means for him to be active is to give me a job if I don't have one or to add a couple of zeros in my bank account when it's low or to like, change the blood cell count in my body to get that disease to go away. Like it's always a kind of an external solution, but I don't know. I, I think of what Jesus said, um, or, or I'm sorry, this is what, what Paul said, speaking of, 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 of us following Jesus, that, that we are to not worry about anything, but yet to pray about everything, to tell God what we need and to thank God for what God has done. And then we will experience God's peace right? A peace that passes understanding. Jesus talked about this, like my peace I leave with you. Like I'm leaving y'all with a gift and it's, it's my peace. It's not of this world. And I love that passage because when we tell God what we need and we thank God for what God has done in our life, it doesn't say that, and then you will get the job, right? <laughs> it's like, or then God will change everything in your, in your life. The gift, the result of that is peace. Um, and, and to me, the when you ask, like, what does God's withness, like, look like in a, in a practical way, man, I, the way I've experienced it is, is peace. Because sometimes you can get all the external things and have no peace in your heart. Um, and sometimes you cannot get those things and just have this sense of, mm-hmm. like, trust and mm-hmm. faith that mm-hmm. God is present. And I don't know. That may sound, like, airy-fairy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, like, well, a I mean, practical faith, upshot. Faith sounds airy-fairy, right? <laughs> right. But the question is, is it true? And, and, and it, 
I think that I think what you're speaking is so foundationally true to Christian living. It's throughout the Bible. It's Jesus with his disciples in the storm. Um, it, it, it's it's um, it's Isaiah 43 when God says to the people in their darkest hour, "Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you mm. are mine. When you pass through the fire, I will be with you." And I, I confess, I'm, I'm pumped if I'm the people of Israel uh, up until the last phrase. Do not fear. Awesome. Thank you. I needed to know you saw me. I have redeemed you just in the nick of time. Called you by name. You are mine. Mm. Hallelujah. Preach. When you pass through the fire. Wait, what fire? I am with you. Well, I, I confess, I kind of want to hear when you pass through the fire, I, I'm going to give you a Nomex suit. Right. I will extinguish the flames. Hardened. I'm going right. to wrap you in a blanket that won't catch fire. Right. I'll airlift you out of that thing. But he says, I'm going to be in the fire with you. And I find myself wondering what, what practical good is that except for the fact of how often we, we find ourselves in need, facing hardship or mm. adversity, and we experience the provision but not the peace. Wow. How often have you experienced the rescue, the provision, the answer the, to the need, the object of the desire, but the peace continues to elude you? Where God offers the peace... And at least momentarily, maybe with, maybe not with the provision. But the peace reframes our experience of the hardship and reminds us that God is with us. God lives above the flood, and we are going to live above the flood here and forever with him. Man, that's so good. I mean, this is something I was thinking about, too, the other day. And um, when we talk about the idea of the kingdom of God or heaven, however, whatever language you want to use, being already but not yet. Um, that that idea that you kind of started to dip into on this past weekend. But even sometimes when we frame like what heaven is, whatever like whatever that even looks like, I, no one really knows exactly. But sometimes it's just all these circumstances that like they're it's just bliss, you know, like there's no pain, there's no sickness. All these types of external things. I got to I got to thinking about like I've had several days in my life that looked a lot like that. Like I've had a lot of times where I've had enough money, I wasn't sick, everything was going okay, but I still didn't have like a like a peace. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like this idea that sometimes the thing yeah. that we think we need isn't what we need, and that's I think that's the 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 withness part that I think God has, has been inviting me into, man, this past year. And I, I think that, like, regardless of my circumstance, can I find God, can I locate God in this moment, in this season? Not the season I wish to have someday, um, but in this. Like, and when we can experience that, man, we there's okay. a peace that passes our understanding the, that we can tap God into. The God locator. I think that there is a spiritual discipline somewhere in this that the experiencing his peace the peace not the peace as the world gives he Mm -hmm. says i don't give as the world gives um the peace that like paul describes there in philippians that transcends or passes understanding that defies logic Hmm. that stands in the face of reason and makes us experience that which so often in life eludes us even on days where we aren't struggling, we aren't uh, up against the wall, we aren't sad, and, um, 
and everyone around us is generally okay. We're not sinning <laughs> right. headlong, right. <laughs> but we're, we're just okay. We're not great. It's that which makes us great, hmm. the fullness of life, right? The, yeah. the, the peace that transcends understanding. Um, the, the question is, um, how, do you, how do you find it? How do you, how do you access it? If, it's, if that's God's permanent offering, if that's the, the, the takeaway or the upshot to the, the present tense, ongoing, I am with you. I will be, Jesus said, with you to the very end of the age. Hmm. Not going to start out with you till you got it down and then, and then dip out, right? So how do you access that peace? It's the, the God locator that you talked about. So what does, that, what does that look like in a daily life? Where is... God in this hardship, God, where, where are you or where were you during this thing I walked through? <laughs> yeah. Just save the easy questions for the, for the end, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly how that all works. Um, okay. Tell us how it works in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I will. I, I think, I mean, I'm gonna get like probably super philosophical now, but I think it's true. Like I heard someone say recently that tomorrow doesn't exist. Like the fu- like the future is an idea. Like you know what I mean? Like there's never tomorrow never comes. It just becomes this. Like this this is all that there is. Like every moment you will ever have passes through this. You know what I'm saying? So in my life like I'm trying to get myself to actually believe that that this you know, we've all had that I kind of know what you're saying, and I kind of have that feeling like the first time I watched The Matrix <laughs> when I think everyone else around me knows what's going on, and I probably should. Or did you see uh, um, Tenet? Tenet? Oh, bro. Where I'm like, I we got to do a whole deeper dive on Tenet next that week. That'll be, a bonus, that'll be a bonus episode. <laughs> I don't I really know what's going on, but I think okay, I all right, ought let me, to. Let me, take a, let, I, me, let me take a step back then. Uh, we've all had an experience, I think, where we thought, like, all right, for, for me, I remember when I first started working for, uh, when I was getting out of college, I was going to work for a church. I remember thinking, like, oh, man, if I could work at a church, like, if I could work at a church and be around Micah and all the, like, other people that were actually there, I'm like, man, then my, and then you get there and you're like, oh, I'm still me right now. Like, it's, the thing I thought would be different, the then, the someday, sort of feels just like this. It's like another Um, slightly different now. Or, oh, shoot, you know what, man, when I get married, though, when I get married, though, then... I will, all these, like, man, and then you get married, and you're like, oh, that is now this, and I feel kind of the same. I'm the same me the day after I got married as I was before. But wait, when I have kids, though, when I have kids, and I have another human being glaring into my eyes, I'll see the hope in the future, and, like, I'll feel this. Yeah, okay, I'm with you. So, okay, so it's it's the belief that this is all I ever have, this moment, this breath. So if I'm going to find God, the only place God exists is not someday when my circumstances change because that day doesn't exist. This moment is all I have. And this is the, if I'm going to find God, it's going to be in this moment. So like it's it, to say, how do I do that? I don't really know how, but it starts with an acceptance of like, if God is anywhere, then God is here. Because where else would God be? He can't, I, God can't be in yesterday. He can't be in tomorrow because tomorrow is not a thing. It's this. So I have to just train myself to say, all right, God, regardless of what's happening today, I know you're here. I know you're working and you search. Sometimes it's easy because things are going well and you can point to stuff and say, oh man, God, thank you for that. But when things are going tough and people are dumping dirt into your wells, 
it's easy to, to place God in the future somewhere. And it's like, no, 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 I have to train my mind to say, no, you're in this somewhere, and I just got to find it. So I can't really, I'd said all that to not answer your question, but I think it starts with a realization, maybe an acceptance, a belief that God is always here. Well, the truth then is that God is with us, and insofar as we know God is not only great, transcended over these circumstances and every that we'll experience, but good with us and for us all the time, mm-hmm. then we can know that God's promise of being with us on a theological level, theoretically, is the big win. It's, it's, that's the good news. So how do we access it? Mm-hmm. Looking, the, the, if that's the truth, then the discipline is, God, where are you now? Where were you mm-hmm. this day yep. in these circumstances? Yep. He said, you will seek me Man. And you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Wow. The discipline is in the looking for him, the seeking him perhaps with all of our heart That's... and then finding him. And we find him, we think we find something separate from everything we're looking for. As if God says, hey, 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 stop looking for all the blessing and all the stuff that comes down to me that I promised. Just look for me. Mm-hmm. But the thing <laughs> is, God and all of Godness comes part and parcel, right? Yes. It's as if he says, seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And when you find me, you get the peace. You, you find get my presence. Yeah. You get the promise of my protection, my provision, that in the end, of the, they can't kill you because you have already died. Your life is hidden with me in Christ. Yes, that's so and good. you are blessed beyond the curse, right? Um, so when you f- seek him and you find him, you find the whole enchilada. You mm. get God in all of his goodness. Man, that's unfolding so Unfolding before you. And we see that in the life of Jesus is he's got these huge mountain peak moments and he's got moments where everyone hates him. The, the best person to ever live had the worst thing happen to him of all time. You know what I mean? Like, so we see that tension, that, that contradiction in the person of Jesus. And I think that's why, man, your message helped me so much. I really hope that... Um, for everyone listening to this, man, like you just really sit with this idea for a while because I think it's, it, it has the potential to be transformative, like to make room for both extremes on the human experience. I mean, that you're going to have, that God desires for you to be successful and to, and to uh, make you prosperous like he did for Isaac. Like all those things are true. And also to make room in that sidecar for the hardship that mm-hmm. is inevitable, like that we see that in Jesus. We should, we should expect to be invited into that in our own lives um, and, and making room for that and learning to mm. seek and find God in whatever season you're in, man. I think that's, that's the invitation that's simple but takes us a lifetime to, to even begin to scratch the surface of. Amen. Here's what this tells us. The Word of God, friends, is, is true. It's trustworthy. It's transformative. How is that for pastoral alliteration? That was good. That was good. That was, I'm taking notes. That was off, off the cuff. It. Yeah, whatever. True, I'm, I'm trustworthy, transformative. transformative. It, 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 you can take good it to the bank. Lord. Now, our words mean nothing. The word of God means everything. Yes. It doesn't return void. It accomplishes the purpose for which he sent it. It is alive. It is active. It is sharp. It separates the soulish human me from the spiritual renewed in the image of God uh, me. And it causes the one to to become less and the other to become more. It causes me to grow in the image of Christ. The word of God is a sure foundation. Put your hope in it. Apply your mind to it, friends. If there's anything we're telling you with this deeper dive, it is the word of God is worth it. Amen. You want to close us out? Yes. Jesus, God, we thank you for your word. and God, we, we accept this invitation that you're inviting us to know something that we can't know that's 
beyond our ability to comprehend. And God, would you just give us the grace to, to, to lean into this, um, this tension of following you, God, that there's going to be blessing, there's going to be hardship. But God, would you give us the, the ability to locate you in this, whatever season it is, whether it's an up or a down one, uh, God, you're present. So God, would you help us to realize that, to know that, to trust that, and to locate your presence in this present moment. God, we love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We love you all. Keep diving deep, and we'll talk to you next time. Tenant Podcast this week. Bonus. We'll see you soon.